Hello, my name is Andy, and I have a story to share with you. Or call it a lesson that everyone should know. Well, once in our life, we have come across many awkward people, and apparently, we have judged them. So, there was a boy in my band, and also in my Spanish and math class. His name was Jack. I never really liked him since he was a slowpoke. He didn't have any friends at all. He always sat alone at the lunch table with his phone and keeps listening to music. People just walked away, passing through him without caring. And in the class, whenever he was asked a question, he would take a long time to answer it. The whole class would get annoyed. I didn't know why, but I didn't care enough to know. I used to ignore everything and carry on with my stuff. Jack never had enough friends to talk to or hang out with because everyone found him weird. Jack has always been the center of jokes. Teachers used to make fun of him, girls used to tease him, and the boys in our class, they literally used to b**** him. I never paid attention to all of this, or you could say, I never really cared. Jack and I were in the same band, but we never really talked to each other. He used to stay in his wonderland doing weird stuff. It was Friday, November 17th. I was so pumped since it was the end of the week, and we'd all planned to go out for dinner. I went to college like it was a normal day. I walked into band class and was ready to play my flute. Mr. Steven, our music teacher, began the class. We played music for a little while, then he asked us to tune our instruments. I saw Jack. He was just walking around like usual looking for something. There's nothing surprising about that. He does that every class. He doesn't attend the whole class period, he just walks around looking for new reeds or his instrument. He plays clarinet, by the way. So then Mr. Steven asked a question to the class. Who here can tell me what note it is just by hearing the pitch? Nobody raised their hand except Jack. The moment I saw him, I laughed, but not out loud. I thought he couldn't do anything properly. How could he possibly guess the note when the pitch is played? Everyone present there was wondering about Jack. They were passing out comments or making fun of him. He was still standing there and smiling at Mr. Steven. Well, no wonders even Mr. Steven was aware of the fact that Jack has never done something good. Mr. Steven even laughed a little and then told Jack, Come here, buddy. Jack went to Mr. Steven and stood in front of the class. Mr. Steven had a tuner, and he played a pitch and asked Jack to guess the pitch. Jack replied, E flat. Mr. Steven said, Okay, good, and played another pitch. F sharp, Jack said. The whole class went pin drop silent. Well, it was a little impressive as Jack was totally into this. He was just answering back to every question asked by Mr. Steven. Looking at people's facial expressions, I could tell you that everyone was literally shocked to see Jack doing this because everyone had a clear idea of how he was. Seeing Jack like this also shocked me. Mr. Steven then challenged Jack by playing two pitches at the same time. Jack accepted the challenge, as I could see the spark of confidence in his eye, like he was made for this. Mr. Steven played two pitches at the same time, C and B flat. Jack answered. Mr. Steven played three pitches, G, A flat, E sharp. Jack replied again. Everyone was amazed after listening to Jack's answers, and Mr. Steven was also quite happy. Good job. Go back to your seat, Mr. Steven said. 
At that moment, I got goosebumps. How did he do that? I said to myself. He guessed all the pitches correctly. That day, I realized that I shouldn't judge people based on the little things I see. I need to see the great things people can do. From that day onwards, I had a different opinion of Jack. I forgot all the things he was bad at and focused on the things he was good at. Whenever I saw him, I said to myself, "He is the guy who impressed me. He is the one who is musically talented." Next day onwards, people stopped making fun of him at school. Jack and I are now good friends. He's now the man in charge of our music band because he deserves it. And yes, he still lives in his wonderland, but now at least he has many good friends, including me, obviously. Well, never judge a book by its cover. You never know how impressive that book would be. What's your story? True Tales wants to hear it. If you also have any such moment, you can share it in the comments section below. Hit the like button if you liked my story. Subscribe to this channel to watch more such videos, and press the bell icon for more updates. It was just a regular night. My boyfriend of three months and I were out to dinner. He loved cooking and was a food snob. My mother rarely cooked while I was growing up, so we'd eaten at a lot of restaurants. My boyfriend ordered a steak salad, and I got soup and a sandwich. We had a great dinner together. We went back to my place, a tiny two-bedroom, two-bath, to watch a movie. Pick something, he told me. And I picked up the remote and scrolled through Netflix and settled on an episode of The Office. I don't feel so hot, he said when we were about ten minutes into the episode. He stood up and went into the bathroom next to my living room. I paused the show to wait for him, and then I heard it, all of it. My boyfriend was having explosive diarrhea, not even ten feet from where I was sitting. There was another bathroom he could have chosen, but he was in the one right next to where I was sitting. When a few minutes passed and he was still occupied, I unpaused the show to at least give him some privacy. Then the smell hit me. It was so strong that it was almost violent. I felt the sandwich and soup I'd eaten for dinner rise into my throat, and I swallowed hard. I lit several candles, but instead of masking the smell, the lavender and vanilla mixed with it. I turned on the fan and tried breathing through my mouth. I heard the toilet flush, and he came out. He was sweating. I'm sick, he told me. He sat on the couch, leaning heavily on the arm of it. I told him, "Do you want to go home?" He lived less than a mile from me, so he could have easily driven home to be sick in private. No, he told me. If I'm going to die, I'd want it to be here in your arms. I cringed and then tried to play it off like I was just shivering. Now that the bathroom door was open, the smell was overpowering. I tried holding my breath and taking little sips of air in an attempt to stem my queasiness. A few minutes later, he was back in the bathroom. I didn't even pause the show this time, and I turned it up louder to try not to hear everything that was going on in there. The smell compounded. I turned on every fan in my little place and lit a candle in every room. When he left the bathroom after the second time, I pushed a candle and lighter onto him and told him to put it in the bathroom. 
Are you sure you don't want to go home? I asked again. No, it'll pass soon, he said, looking pale. It's probably just food poisoning. Don't you want to be alone? I asked. He looked at me and said, I want to be with you. Why would now be any different? How is he not seeing that I don't want him here? I thought. Is he blind? I thought to myself as I looked at him, if I really loved him, I wouldn't be acting this way. I'd be offering him medicine or water, asking him if he needed anything. I wouldn't keep asking him if he wanted to leave. And then the next thought hit me hard. I don't love him. I took a deep breath and the smell that had invaded my entire place seized my body. I had always guessed our relationship would have an expiration date. I just hadn't realized until this moment when that date would be. Are you okay? He asked. The irony of the fact that he was asking if I was okay was not lost on me, especially since I hadn't offered him the same kindness. I nodded. Do you want me to leave? He asked. I wanted to say yes. I wanted to shout, yes, please get out of my house. My desire to be nice, to exhibit good manners, overrode me. No, of course not, I told him. I'm tired, though. I'm going to get ready for bed. He followed me into the bedroom and laid down on my bed. As I was washing my face, I talked to myself. I knew he was meeting friends the next morning, so he would definitely be gone in the morning. I can make it through the night, I told myself. I laid down and he cuddled up behind me. That's when I realized, with horror, that he smelled. I'm too hot, I told him, and was so glad when he moved away from me in bed. I pulled the covers up to my face and fell asleep. He woke up before me and I pretended to be asleep. When he leaned down to kiss me, I was reminded again of how he really, really needed to take a shower. Just get him out of my house, I scream thought. I was so relieved to hear my front door close. He arrived at my house later that day, as we'd originally had plans. I'm done, I blurted. What? he asked. I'm done. I don't want to be with you anymore. What? Is this about last night? I was sick. It just feels like I woke up from a dream, I told him. I didn't know how else to explain it. I don't want to be with you anymore. That's so shitty, he told me. The irony of him using shitty to describe this situation wasn't lost on me either. That's my story. What's your story? True Tales wants to hear it. If you also have any such moment, you can share it in the comment section below. Hit the like button if you liked my story. Subscribe to this channel to watch more such videos and press the bell icon for more updates. I am 33, recently separated. The first man I dated following my separation was Simon, going on my first date with him just five days after I ended my marriage. Simon was unattractive to me, so much so that I had no idea how I'd get over it. I confessed to a friend shortly before our first date that I didn't know what I'd do if he kissed me. But Simon and I had a lot in common, and he made me laugh. When he kissed me, shortly after I walked through his front door, I squeezed my eyes shut and paid attention to his tongue. 
My husband, named Sean, unlike all the men I'd dated before him, was handsome. In the early days of us dating, Sean would often catch me looking at him. I felt surprised a man like him would be with a woman like me. I was an insecure, introverted, and nerdy 23-year-old when we first began dating. I often hid behind my glasses, slinging my hair over my face in a concerted effort to keep any attention off of me. Before the man that had become my husband, I'd mostly dated fellow intellectuals. Men with glasses, rail thin or chubby, men who never went to the gym or gave much thought to their own personal appearance. Sean was clean-cut, preppy, just a few years older than me. What led to me filing for divorce had soured me to handsome men, to any men who might resemble a politician. Simon was the obvious converse. Eighteen years my senior, Simon was tanning bed tan and bald. He wore glasses with those transition lenses that took too long to lose their tint. And he always had visible nose hair, which he'd try to tuck back into his nostrils instead of just plucking. Early on in dating, I bought him a hair grooming kit, but in our short period of dating, he didn't take on the maintenance much himself. He was also set in his ways. Dressing up for him meant wearing short sleeve shirts unbuttoned at the top, and oversized blazer. He carried a satchel with him always, refusing to take it off even when sitting down at a restaurant. Beyond the physical, Simon was repulsive in other ways. He slightly lifted his leg and farted on our second date with a well-timed <coughs> cough that he must have thought would cover it up. It didn't. He was hard of hearing, though he wouldn't admit it, and he talked exceptionally loud. He was cheap and vain, only allowing photos of himself to be taken from the neck up or at high angles to hide his large stomach or portray his face as thinner. He was also moody, resentful, and vindictive. But I felt adored, worshipped by Simon. He told me constantly I was beautiful. He took photos of me when I wasn't looking or made me pose because I'd worn a cute outfit. He'd read my poetry, and I loved it. He was interested in me. I fell in love with him in the way only reserved for those trying to escape pain. Stupidly. Recklessly. When people of Simon's acquaintance met me and were wowed by my looks, I blushed in enjoyment. Next to Simon, I was even more beautiful. I was a novelty. A person of curiosity with more than one of his friends asking, in a not-so-discreet manner, why are you with him? Simon and I stayed in, or went only to certain parts of town. Because we went out so little, I didn't have to see the looks. Those looks spurred the doubt that would lead to me breaking up with him. When Simon would introduce me to people as his girlfriend, they blinked at me in confusion. Or when people saw us in public, his hand on mine, They'd gawk, again confused. Was I his daughter? A friend? Whenever I'd catch another look, I'd find myself thinking, why am I with him? Clearly I shouldn't be. And as the divorce seemed closer to being resolved and our relationship could then be public, I started to realize I didn't want the world to know I was dating Simon. I felt too young, too beautiful to be with a man the world saw not fit to be my match. I felt that I was using him to avoid the pain I knew I should be feeling after my divorce. My friends had warned me I should be single after my separation. 
Whenever I talked to them about my issues with Simon, they brought up that advice again gently. Whatever I had thought was love had faded. Every little thing Simon did began to annoy me. All of the things I'd overlooked before, like the fact he always carried a man purse and refused to wear a proper button-down, even for his job, weren't cute or quirky anymore. They were obnoxious. And without even those qualities for me to hold on to, he was no longer attractive to me at all. I used the normal reasons when I finally broke up with him. It wasn't him. It was me. The fact was that I did need time to myself, but I also wanted to touch and be touched by good-looking men, by young men, and I would never date someone I did not find attractive again. I did take the time I needed and did begin dating when I was ready to again. Now when I am out, I hold the hand of my exceedingly handsome boyfriend. He is muscular, rugged, with rich brown eyes and a smile with a darling dimple. More than one of my own friends or acquaintances has said to me, Wow, he's a looker. I've never once gotten that look I saw whenever I was out with Simon. That look that made me question why I was with the person I was with. What's your story? True Tales wants to hear it. If you also have any such moment, you can share it in the comment section below. Hit the like button if you liked my story. Subscribe to this channel to watch more such videos and press the bell icon for more updates.